More than ever before, advertisers are concerned about where their ad spend is going. So, the quest to take control over media investments is underway. The question is, should you or should you not bring programmatic in-house? Come join us at the Digiday Programmatic Marketing Summit Europe in Estoril, Portugal from April 25th to April 27th and see how Europe's leading brands are innovating and challenging the status quo. For more information, visit digiday.com slash events. See you there. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Digiday producer Aditi Sango, and this episode is a session from our Digiday Media Bank Summit. In the age of platforms and data, as media and marketing spend gets more and more targeted, agencies are facing scrutiny from clients like never before. Lisa Purpura, Group Director of Media at VML, talks to Digiday Shireen Patak in this session, and she says the clients want proof that every channel is driving ROI and they want data on everything down to the most granular levels. But what data to use and what not? What is flawed data and what is smart data? Lisa breaks it down. Listen in. I like the title of our session. I'm very excited to end with it. I, I did too. So why are there so many lies, damn lies, and statistics? <laughs> We're going to say that over and over again. Does anyone know where it comes from? Has anyone heard it before? Ah, oh, see? <laughs> so it's actually a famous phrase right. that was uh, attributed to Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with, in, in a nutshell, the imperfection of data. Mm -hmm. And data sets that people use in order to like, prove their point that are flawed data sets. And so the reason why... I love this title for this, this talk is that we right now have a lot of flawed data and imperfect data sets in order to help our clients um, with their needs and whether or not we are helping them drive marketing forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where this came from. So we're going to get a little deeper into all this flawed data and um, how all of this has happened and some of the things you're doing to kind of make it better. But um, one of the things I think about when we talk about sort of data is always now going to be that clients really care about data now suddenly, or they care more than they used to. They we talked do. a lot sort of in the town hall on the first day about how much more scrutiny a lot of the people in this room have been feeling from clients and that there is sort of a slightly higher level of understanding, or at least the need for understanding, which makes it hard. And a lot of that is kind of the blessing and curse of digital media, is that we now have some data, but so when you sort of open the door a little, they really want to push it open wide. Well, I think the change, first of all, I think the first change that has happened is when I first started in this industry, and I'm going to date myself, our clients basically said to us, we want brand awareness. And everybody had a brand tracker, mm -hmm. and it measured brand awareness. And now many of our clients are coming to us and they're saying, prove that this channel is driving ROI. And I mean, and they want it down to publisher level. So they actually want to know that Facebook is driving ROI, or that TV is driving ROI, or video is. 
And um, that's becoming more and more complex. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're also getting asked this internally, because if you think about it, they have to justify their marketing budgets internally. And there are several different places that those budgets can go. And so what they're doing is they're saying they need to prove that marketing is working and driving those dollars. Mm -hmm. So then... The next part of what you asked me is what's also happening is that, as we talked about, clients are becoming smarter or they're bringing people in to help with analytics. I will say sometimes it's great. Sometimes it, it's almost detrimental to the, to the client in general. Um, and what we're seeing is clients that, are, that have analytics as part of the marketing department and clients that have analytics not as part of the marketing department. And when it's not part of the marketing department, a lot of times they're using solutions that really don't measure media well. And um, it's creating, like, and then they come back to us and they say to us, this didn't work. Well, it's like, oh my gosh, your model is completely flawed. You bought an attribution model, and this attribution model that they told you does omni-channel attribution across all of these different touch points doesn't, because nobody does that well. So... Go back first to the point of they're bringing some of these analytical people in-house. Um, a, why is that happening more of? Is that sort of a function of, oh, we need to get smarter, we need to, let's, get, let's take control of our own data, and the way to do it is bring these people in. Um, why is it often to actually the detriment of that client? I, I think that it depends on who they're bringing in. I think that the person has to be very savvy about um, marketing and media analytics. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you. I'll give you. Can I give you an example of something that actually happened? I won't actually name the client, but um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like, especially the since last session. <laughs> especially <laughs> since it's not exactly a positive one. Um, so we uh, we want a new client. The client had an analytics department. Um, the and to be honest, the poor analytics client um, was left with a solution that was purchased by somebody previous to him um, was an attribution model, uh, didn't understand it at all. They had to use it. The client had spent almost half a million dollars on this attribution model, so they obviously had, had to use it. Um, it's a retail client. Uh, the model told the client that they should literally pull all of their money out of video because it was more expensive. And it should be put, I'm, not, I'm completely not joking, into lower funnel conversion and um, search, which, I mean, obviously, this is not a great attribution model, right? Mm -hmm. And the client basically said, we bought this. We have to use it. I know that you guys keep telling us, please don't do this, but we have to pull, we have to literally pull all the money out of video. Let me just tell you, one month of that, they put all the money back in the, in the video because of the detriment that it did to their sales. Because, I mean, we all know that other touch points, like, factor into the chain of the journey. And so when you pull video, and especially linear TV, your, your paid search volume goes down. And then they weren't seeing the results that they wanted, but, but yet they had to use this model. And then, to, and then also, I've seen clients bring in um, people who, I will say this, some clients are doing it well. They're bringing in data scientists. Hmm. And those data scientists are, are creating models for them. Right. Data scientists to me is one of those jobs that I'm like, 
people, you were like, who are yeah. these people? <laughs> to be honest, we're bringing them into VML too. And the reason why we're bringing them in, we're bringing two types of people into VML. Um, one, we're bringing in data scientists that literally can deal with the data and know the models really, really well, that can sit with us in meetings and talk to vendors and see whether or not solutions are, are great, and can also talk to our clients who also have data scientists. And then we're bringing in those data scientists also at VML that are more forward-facing. <laughs> I mean, because data people aren't always um, like great in front of clients in general that can literally sit with clients and basically explain to them why something may be flawed. But we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing clients bring data scientists in to create models because they're having trouble piecing all of their data together. So that kind of, I think, just moving on from clients for a little bit, um, a lot of things when we talk about data obviously come down to kind of the partner side, the platform side. Um, they're walled gardens. We're not getting what we need yes. from them. They're always going to, you know, their, their incentives are different. With actually, their goals are often different. Let's talk about kind of um, specifically Facebook and Google. I mean, have relationships gotten better? Have they been better about, about sort of giving back some of the things that people have been asking for for a long time? That's a really interesting question um, because they're getting better at accepting third-party tags. But are okay. third-party tags what we really ultimately care about. Um, if you go deeper and you say to them, hey, I need to approve effectiveness past a third-party tag of whether or not somebody viewed it or they clicked or they served an impression, um, most often what you get is pushback like, we'll give you a branded study. Mm -hmm. My opinion on branded, I have, I'm very opinionated about branded studies. I don't think anyone in this room has ever had a publisher give you a branded study that has come back negative, right? So, like, have they? Has, has anyone that has no the way. publisher said I don't work? Like, I'm like, I mean, like so if they have, but like, they, they literally come back. It's always, and it's always, you need to place more money on my platform. And it's almost like they believe that their platform, especially Google, is the only thing out there. And that's all anybody spends their time doing. So, um, so it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I want to take a quick break here and tell you about Digiday Plus. Digiday Plus is our premium membership product. Join our community to get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of media. You'll get Digiday Magazine, exclusive research, and invites to exclusive member events. And it's only $33 a month or $395 a year. Please sign up at digiday.com. And for you, our podcast listener, we have a discount offer. To get 25% off your subscription, enter the code podcast at checkout. Now, back to the episode. So overall, kind of, as kind of, especially as the, I always found it interesting that as like the brand safety discussion obviously got reached kind of for a pitch, everyone's talking more about it. And it was funny to me that, you know, Google and Facebook are both using that to essentially get more money out of buyers and their clients. Um, where, does sort of, where do you sort of stand on this kind of the brand safety issues as something that's hinging all these strategies on? Because it really started feeling like clients are able to use that and then the platforms are able to use that to actually change the conversation the way they want to go to. It, so where I see it, so it was interesting when when Facebook did have the um, I'm calling it the Facebook I mean excuse me the YouTube issue that happened this year where um, 
brands were running and they, it was caught that they were running in brand safe Mm-hmm. non-brand safe environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I did tell my clients that were really into brand safety, you need to pull from YouTube until they f- get a better solution. Did they? Yeah, they totally did. Entirely? Um, yes, they oh, did. Okay. So, um, uh, if and it was Facebook, would that have happened? Probably not. Exactly. Probably not. Right. Um, and I have not seen one client say to me, um, I'm even concerned at all about what's happening on Facebook. Um, Interesting. Yeah, not one. Because um, I, I think that people realize they need Facebook. It's got it's so much volume. And well, and also sort of the you know the Russian interference <laughs> campaign is a good case study for it, Facebook. It, and it, I, the ads work. Like what else do you sell it, diapers or you exactly. interfere with the election? Exactly. Exactly. It, it, one you one hundred percent. No, one hundred percent. That you're absolutely just right. What you're thinking? Right? Yeah, <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. But nobody seems concerned about that at all. But they were very concerned about their ads being in in non-brand sure. safe environments. Um, Tell me about how sort of ad spending, how ad spending has shifted to. Um, are there newer platforms that, when I say newer platforms, I'm assuming platforms that aren't Facebook and Google, where you, which are kind of coming out of the emerging or exper- experimental media budgets more. Are there any that might just come back to life? Um, are there any that you're curious about or more interested in these days? Uh, I think that it, well... I mean, obviously, social, I mean, any social platform is a big platform right now for anyone. Um, so I would say that, that hands down, um, we are investing a lot of money in those platforms for our clients. Um, I do think that I like the, the conversations we've had around addressable. Mm-hmm. It is, um, scale is obviously an issue. Um, but I like to see more and more of our media becoming addressable just in general so we can have that one-to-one conversation. Mm-hmm. And so platforms that are pushing that addressability and are, are being very, very targeted are places that I, I, I really like to have conversations with. Um, the interesting and also when we say, when we talk about metrics and kind of measurement, I mean, retail media is sort of at least touted as the one thing that could help fix a lot of things. Got great metrics, it can kind of supposedly offer you more of a total wallet perspective. What has your experience been with um, Amazon specifically as a media channel? So um, my experience with Am- I mean, I have a positive experience with Amazon. They do give great metrics. I think where it becomes difficult for people is when your client doesn't just sell on Amazon Mm -hmm. um, and tying those metrics together. And perhaps what the other things that you're doing within your media ecosystem and how that may be impacting Amazon or even impacting in-store sales. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of our clients don't just, I mean, we we have brick and mortar stores that we have to worry about. We've got their, some of them even have e-commerce on their own sites. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Amazon, there's Walmart, and we have to tie all of that data together. And that's becoming very difficult to do. Um, Overall, the rise of retail media is sort of something that, because again, going back to their pitch, it sounds like it might eliminate all these lies and damn it. Do you believe it? Are there still a lot of issues with it? No, there's still issues. Like what? Um, well, I mean, any time that we can't tie everything together, there's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. So any time where, where the platform gives you their information and you can't tie that to everything else that you're doing within your ecosystem, we're always going to have imperfect data. And then it becomes a, a, a question of how imperfect is the data in order to give your client the, the what they need. But the data's been imperfect 
forever. It has been, but it's We've really talked about <laughs> attribution issues. You know, I've written about it once a year for about seven years. That Oh, we don't know what's happening. Yeah, well, exactly. But it's becoming more and more complex, which I think is part of the issue. Uh -huh. It's becoming even more and more and more complex. And I think that the clients, and, and, and to be honest, I mean, nobody has a, a phenomenal solve for it yet. Mm -hmm. But I think what's happening is that clients are asking us, and it's becoming more pervasive, mm -hmm. that we need to care about it. What about fraud? Um, we talked a lot about fraud on day one as well, sort of, yeah, actually it turns out kind of campaigns are still kind of crap and a lot of these issues are still happening. Um, things haven't improved on the fraud front? Um, no, not really. No, okay. things have not. I, I think we've gotten better at, at catching it through the source, through mm -hmm. some of the sources that we have. Um, but I think that when you're looking at, I mean, the programmatic universe, there's still a lot of fraud out there. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a few minutes for questions for Lisa. There's one right there. Here. I'm curious from your perspective, um, when it comes to uh, different platforms and time spent with media, so we know that social is, is obviously skyrocketed over the past few years, but yet media spend in the social space is not quite equivalent to the time spent within social. I'm curious from an agency perspective how you guys are handling that and how um, you measure your investment versus time spent with each medium. So the interesting thing is that we've been, so it, there's a couple of different things we've been doing. So one, we have been working hand in hand with our data scientists in order to come up with models that perhaps will work. Um, and believe it or not, I've learned a lot about things like Markov checkoff chains that I never thought I would and U models. Um, but you're absolutely right that, that this, is, this is an issue. The other thing that we are doing is we are trying new products as they come out. Um, and I would say that what a lot of our clients are caring about now is whether or not, it's not so much the time spent, to be quite honest, it's did it drive the ROI. Um, and so one of the, the, the products that we are baiting in beta right now with is uh, an Oracle product called the Ad Buyer Report. It's um, something that if you have a retail client, it's actually a, a very interesting tool that's out where they can take the client's first party data um, they can actually match it to credit card sales, and then you can, act, you can use your Google API feed in order to match that back to the individual. Um, and we're, we're seeing for the very first time online and offline ROI. Last question for you. Did you put anything up on the challenge board on day one? What was it? I didn't, actually. What would you have put? Biggest challenge. <laughs> My biggest challenge right now? <sighs> um, that's a good question. Biggest challenge right now? Um, procurement. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Another one of those things that I've heard for years <laughs> like, at this point. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Procurement. I think biggest challenge right now for us. I think that's true for everybody here. <laughs> and I love the fact that somebody laughed. <laughs> it's a resigned laugh. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, and I hope you did, then please help us and share it forward. How you can do that is by rating us and leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It helps our podcast to be discovered. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you soon with another session.